It's great to have you in worship this morning. We continue our series in the book of Ephesians on victorious Christian living, and we are in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And Paul writes this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving a wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Jesus Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to Christ in us. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. As I said, we're looking at victorious living, and this morning we're looking at made alive. Heard this story of this wealthy older man who commissioned a famous artist to paint a likeness of him. And so the artist worked for months on this painting. And finally, this day came when it was revealed and this party with all these friends and the artist unveiled this painting in a dramatic moment. And this uh, wealthy man who was um, sort of full of himself looked at it and it wasn't quite the handsome likeness that he wanted. And he said, sir, the artist, the painting doesn't do me justice. And the artist looked at him and said, sir, it's not justice you need, but mercy. <laughs> oh my. Well, all of us need mercy at some time or another. And I invite you into this scripture passage this morning. We've been looking at this letter that Paul writes from prison to the church at Ephesus last year. We looked at Paul's journeys in the book of Acts, his number of missionary journeys, his final trip to Rome. And uh, Paul founded this church at Ephesus in his second missionary journey and then went back in his third missionary journey. And it was uh, a church that, that boomed at a certain point, started in a riot, really got momentum in a riot and uh, stirring up the culture around them and, uh, you know, getting uh, underneath people's skin. But uh, God intervened and the church grew. Uh, they're facing persecution in this moment, and Paul is in prison. But you would never know it because this, this letter of Paul's, people believe, is the most victorious that he writes. It is such an upbeat moment, and for all of us, I think we face challenge and adversity, and for that reason and so many others, it's a beautiful one to look at. And this passage this morning that we looked at is also um, a transformation moment in Martin Luther's life, the Martin Luther of the Reformation. And uh, Martin Luther was so moved in this moment, he'd become to a place where, of course, he was a Catholic monk at this time, and he was overwhelmed with sort of trying to follow the rules of the law as best as possible. And one of the things that he realizes in the Catholic Church at this time, which has undergone its own Reformation, so this isn't anything, you know, speaking against that, but people were paying indulgences, and they were paying money so that they could basically secure their place in heaven. And Martin Luther began to study and question all these things, and it was this passage 
this morning in the book of Ephesians that was a transformation moment for him as he looked at it and realized, you know, it is not about our works. It's about what Christ has done for us, what God has done in Christ on the cross. And for him, he began to say that it was, you probably know some of them who are history people, sola scripture by God's word alone, uh, sola gratia, sola fide, right? And sola Christus. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ, to God's glory. And that was a, a detonation that changed the landscape of Europe. Martin Luther didn't really try to start the Reformation or split the church, but um, it was a it was an earthquake that went through society of that day and a, a revival. And honestly, the Catholic Church has gone through its own revival and, uh, and looks at this scripture, I think, as a transformational moment as well. But for all of us, as Paul says here in this moment, I think it's so important to look at some of these words. Paul says, we were dead in our transgressions and sin. Now, I know that's it's kind of graphic language in a sense, but what Paul is saying for us is that that we've all failed and fallen short, and sometimes what we try to do is just do it all on our own. Have you ever tried that, to just do it all on your own, and, and it just ends up to being failure after failure. We're exhausted. We can't do it on our own. But Paul is saying, but thanks be to God and Christ, that Christ took all of our sins and shortcomings to the cross, and God reconciled somehow humanity and God in a moment of love that changed the whole world and paid the price for our sins and shortcoming. Elsewhere in Colossians, says, Paul says that Christ took our debt and nailed it to the cross and said, paid in full forever. And all we need to do is have faith in Christ. What a glorious, beautiful moment. And Paul says in this moment, and I love it here, he says in verse 5, God has, who's rich in mercy, made us alive. Isn't that beautiful? Made us alive uh, that we are saved by grace through faith. And uh, an alive moment. Have you ever just felt that you've sort of given up on life in a second and you failed and what you need is a second chance? Anyone besides myself ever need a second chance out there? Yeah, all of us have. And sometimes the world just seems dark and we try to do it on our own and just feel this guilt and shame. And so Paul is saying, listen, Christ took care of that. Allow Christ to wash it away and to wipe it clean in a moment that changes everything. And Paul emphatically says it in this very famous verse in verse 8, for it is grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourself is the gift of God. And in fact, we are God's handiwork. What a beautiful thing to say. Now, I think for all of us, you know, you need a moment to see it and picture not just in our life. And I think probably the best place in the gospel for us to see it is in chapter 3 of John. When Nicodemus, who is a um, he was a leader in the, in the Jewish temple at the time, uh, worshiping God, very sincere. And of course, Jesus is, uh, is a bit of a radical on the fringe. So Nicodemus comes at night. Why does he come at night? Well, like any of us do any things at night, right? So no one would see him. He comes at this moment, but he has a yearning within himself, pulled to Christ in this moment, and comes to Jesus and says, Rabbi. And Jesus looks at him and says, you must be born from above. Actually, the word, sometimes we say born again, but it's actually born from above, born of the Holy Spirit. And Nicodemus says, well, how can you be born again into your mother's womb? 
And then Jesus in that moment says, you must be born from above through the Holy Spirit working within you. And in that beautiful moment, and as we read on in chapter 3, we come to that beautiful verse that John shares with us, that Jesus spoke, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, that so many of us lean on, that is really the heart of the gospel of John and the heart of scripture as a whole, that all of us get a second chance and God is at work in us. I don't know where you are in your life in worship. Uh, I know lots of good folks and lots of us have transformational moments, but I think for all of us, even after you've following Christ, after you had your sort of epiphany transformational moment, all of us get, feel like sometimes we're just getting burdened. We're getting weighed down by uh, the burdens of the past, and we need God to fill us and to make us alive. And just like Nicodemus coming in the darkness, I think even though in that moment we have no indication that his life was changed, later on, who is it that goes and asks for Jesus' body to, to bury him before the resurrection? Joseph of Arimathea and, and Nicodemus. And in that moment, it has to be that God is at work in Nicodemus' life, and Nicodemus became a follower of Christ. And sometimes the moment is instantaneous, and sometimes it's a seed that's planted that all of a sudden brings forth life in an incredible transformational way. I think the challenge for all of us is that we need to recognize that all of us need second chances. All of us have fallen short. All of us have failed. We all have sins and shortcomings, and God is at, at work in our life in, in amazing ways. And we see so many examples of it in Scripture, but what we see more than anything else is God's transformational moment and power through the Holy Spirit. And through worship, you can open your heart and life and lean into God's grace. And like a light coming on in the darkness, God's Holy Spirit can make Christ's love and forgiveness anew in your heart and life in so many powerful ways. Martin Luther knew it. And in that moment, he changed his life. He was willing to do anything that it took to spread God's love and grace. It transformed all of Europe in a moment that was powerful. And I think one of the moments that I love seeing is that in Psalm 40, it says this, that we use as our call to worship this morning. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see you in fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. I think it's a magnificent verse. In fact, uh, if you're a U2 fan, Bono fan. Uh, you know, he wrote this song called 40 when he was 40, and it's been a while ago. But he used this to say this was kind of the story of his life, too, and a transformational moment of faith that, uh, that we all need. Now, I don't know if that pictures it for you, but um, if you any golfers out there, Savannah and I go at least once a year. Um, and um, it's a hard moment for me because once a year is not really what you need to be for a golfer, you know what I mean? So uh, if I was better, I might go more often, but it's so, it's so uh, trying. But uh, one of the things that I love is we go, Savannah loves to drive the golf cart, and, uh, and I do love the drive, it's great. And uh, I always swear, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do more golfing, but the truth I love in golf is, is a mulligan, you know what I mean? That is a great picture of God's grace. So if you hit it, slice it off the tee that I have so many times, and people for running for cover in the other uh, uh, fairway, then you get a 
you yell four, and then say mulligan, and you get to do it again. And I think, you know, maybe in this moment, this is sort of a, a way of looking at it that's fun and picturesque, is that God gives us a, a mulligan, and more than one, thankfully, some of us need more than one mulligan in life, that God is at work in, in forgiveness and grace and power and um, in beauty. I love the story of John Newton, who was a slave trader and uh, had run away from home. Uh, he was uh, very fond of his mother. His mother passed away. His father married uh, a woman that he despised uh, for whatever reason. Probably she probably cared about him, but he felt like she really mistreated him. And so he ran away. And his father was tired of that, so he sent him to a military school, and he learned navigation, and uh, and then ran away from that, and then uh, was on the coast of Africa, and was picked up by a slave ship and became the navigator for that slave ship. Uh, had a drinking problem, a terrible drinking problem, trying to get wrestle with his past and all the demons and the wrongs and the failures of the past and his brokenness of his life. At one point, uh, the captain was so mad at him for inciting mutiny, he threw him overboard. And then he realized he needed a navigator, and so he harpooned him and, uh, <laughs> and dragged him back onto the boat and then threw him in the hold. And there, in the darkness of the hold at night, he records uh, looking up into the night sky and crying out to the God of his mother, and prayed, and God transformed his life forevermore. And you probably know it's the story of John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wrench like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. In all of our life, we all, we may not be in that setting, but God transformed his life. He became a, a pastor and uh, married his childhood sweetheart and was able to live a long life that touched people's lives. God is all about second chances. And God doesn't rate how big or bad the sin is, how dark the moment. God rejoices in turning darkness into light. An amazing grace, how sweet the sound, not just for John Newton and not just for Nicodemus, but for you and I every day. And I love, I love this work, word in here that says we are God's handiwork. Now in the Greek, that's poeo, which you may recognize as the word for poem. It's work of art. You're not just sort of botched together. God is at work making you a, a great work of art that's amazing. In the Hebrew scriptures, there's this moment where God is speaking to Jeremiah. And the people have been captured by Babylon. A lot of them, the best and brightest, have been taken away. And, uh, and Jeremiah, who prophesied that, is just heartbroken and praying for the people. And God whispers to Jeremiah to go and to go to the potter's house some distance away. And so Jeremiah travels to the potter's house, and God whispers to watch. And as Jeremiah watched the potter at work in those old-fashioned potter's wheel, the potter is making some kind of a pot, and then all of a sudden there's some kind of an imperfection. And what does the potter do? The potter bangs the clay down again into the potter's wheel and then begins to refashion it until there's a beautiful new work of art. And God whispers to Jeremiah that that's what God's doing in God's people. There's flaws and there's mistake, but God is crushing them down only to build them up into something more beautiful and better. In our own lives, many times we're on the potter's wheel and we feel like we're broken and in a moment have just melted down. But know this, that God's grace is work, not just saving us, but making us into works of art that are beautiful and magnificent and useful as we use gifts through God's grace to touch other people's lives. I'm going to close with this story that I love, a true story. 
back in the 15th century, there was a sculptor in the day of the greatest sculptures of all time. He started on this huge piece of Carrera marble, which is the most valuable marble there is even to this day. It was a huge undertaking, but the artist made a mistake and was broken by that. And so not only did he feel the sense of failure, but this huge piece of marble was just huge, was just laying there in front of everybody every day. You can only imagine what that felt like. But then one day, a sculptor came along by the name of Michelangelo. Michelangelo began to look at that piece of Carrera marble and see something new in it and different. And so he began years and years of work of undertaking. But when he was finished, it became a statue of David. Many people believe to be the greatest sculptor of all time. Point one was a mistake. But I think just like that, sometimes our lives are broken by the past and sin and failures and shortcomings. But God is at work. God and a new artist that's in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit comes and has a plan and purpose that over time reforms and fashions us with a plan and purpose that only God knows. And we become the work of art that God wants in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness brought to us through Jesus Christ. So wherever you are today, whatever the darkness of the past and the darkness of the moment, the sin and shortcomings, mistakes, and failures that sometimes weigh us down with the darkness of sin and guilt, know that the light of God's love, the agape love in Jesus Christ that reconciled us to the cross and the resurrection is alive today. As much as it was for the people of Ephesus, as much as it was for Nicodemus, as much as it was work then when Jeremiah was whispered to by the Holy Spirit, God is alive, God forgives you through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is a gift of God. This is the gift of God. Know that God is at work at you and you and I are works of art through the power of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of Christ. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, as we listen to these words of the Apostle Paul and of the Gospel of John, and your Holy Spirit moving in our hearts this morning, we do know that we all need forgiveness and grace, not only for ourselves, but for those around us, Lord. So, Lord, help us to, in the darkness, look to you alone who brings the light of God's love in Jesus Christ. Help us to accept your forgiveness and grace, which is not by works, but through faith alone, as we follow you and become works of art through the power of the Holy Spirit. And on God's people said, amen. amen.